It's Doable Discipleship, the show that helps you grow. Boom! <laughs> that was one of the most festive intros we've ever had. We'll probably never top it. So here you are at the pinnacle of uh, intro technology. <laughs> I've, re- I've reached the top. Goodbye, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Whelan out. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a Saddle Pie Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God. But we don't need to say the second part because Jason already just did. Way you all go. know what it is anyway. You do. You do. Uh, guys, you know what? We're about to do part two of a great uh, two-part series of episodes we're doing with Rob Jacobs on digitally distracted discipleships. But you know what? I just got struck with a desire to say thanks for listening to the show. Wow. We appreciate you guys. Um, you, you guys, uh, many of you, gratitude. Been, yeah, many of you have been with us for a long time, listening and growing. We hope you find the show helpful. Um, we're just glad you're you're with us this week, friends. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, August 13th, or even the day after it comes out, August 14th, you still have time oh, that's to right. come to our first ever Doable Discipleship live event. That's it true. is literally Wednesday night, August 14th. Uh, we would love to see you there. The Lake Forest Refinery Theater, 7 to 9 p.m. Author Todd Miles. You can learn all about it. Saddleback.com slash doable live. And if, you, if you're listening to this in the future... Hello, how is the future? I hope it's well. <laughs> I um, hope it's bright. And you hear this ad and you're like, ah, I missed it. That's okay. You can still listen to it or go back and watch it. Yep. Saddleback.com slash doable live. Did yeah. you say that? I did. Great. Well, but it's great to say it you. I think they'll still be able to stream it even after the fact uh, yeah, at that same it'll, location. It'll be archived, yeah. Yeah, so uh, do check that out. If, if you've been listening to us for a while, we would just like to meet you in person. So come and hang out with us at that event. We'll we'll say hello to you. we got a great speaker. Like Jason said, it's going to be a lot of fun. So don't miss that. All right, let's, uh, let's get back into this great conversation on digital distraction with Rob Jacobs. Here it is. Well, let's uh, let's talk about some doables, shall we? I mean, we've we've kind of laid out the the theology of technology. We've talked about the nature of distractions and kind of defined those. Um, you know, at this point, let's let's start talking about some we got ways that we can twenty-two doables right here, ready. For <laughs> yeah, you. some ways that we can we can diagnose and then take some steps to, as as you say here, to detox from technology. Why don't we start with those diagnostic questions? All right. So the first question is, and again, this is coming from Tony Ranke's book. Uh, do my smartphone habits expose an underlying addiction to untimely amusements? Mm. And they all said with one voice, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we should say, as, as as Rob is reading through this list uh, of these questions, it's it's time for self-reflection here. It's time right. to be honest and, and, you know, think like, oh, how would I say that? Mm-hmm. What would I say? Yeah. I think probably it'd be easy for most of us to say, yeah, I'm yeah. using my phone just to... Do yeah. just pass the time, pass the time whatever. away for for no purpose other than to pass the time. Yeah. I think which that is a number terrible one. thing when you think about. You know, we've just got done reading the reading Paul talking about how how short life time, is and yeah. how precious time is that we have on the earth. And literally, we we have kind of a resentful relationship with time often, where we like time to us unstimulated time is boredom. We hate boredom. We talk about that in the Science and Solitude episode, and so we're literally trying to hurry time along, hurry away this precious resource that God has given us just so that we can move on to the next thing that we're excited or that it we will be stimulated by. It, it, yes, it is, that is interesting. It's like you're trying to spend your money yeah. faster. Right. It's like you're trying to get rid of a precious thing faster. 
God is the God of the past, present, and the future, but yeah. we're always, it seems to me like we're always focusing on the future, and we're never just willing to be in the moment. Mm. So what we'll do is we'll amuse ourselves with silliness in the moment to get to the future. Yeah. So if it's if I know I have something in an hour from now, it's like, well, I'll just waste time to get to that hour, because it's really the hour, <laughs> that, that thing in the hour that from now that's yeah, more important exactly. than this. And so we miss God in every second of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. we and we don't acknowledge that time is ultimately the most valuable commodity. It's the rare, it's mm-hmm. it's it's fleeting. There's yeah. no gaining time more is your, time. Time Anything is your life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh number 2 is do my smartphone habits reveal a compulsive desire to be seen and affirmed? Mm. Doug's raising his hand. Yeah. No, that's not true. Yeah, that one hurts a little bit. I, I think none of us want to none of us really want to cop to that one. But I think you're you're really describing here the um, what underlies the increase in in things like anxiety and depression that people are experiencing mm-hmm. because of social media. They they want to be seen and affirmed, and that can become that can become an addiction. To seek that externally can become a really massive addiction. Well, it's interesting to uh, there's a researcher Jonathan Haidt. Uh, he's done some research around social media, and especially seeing how uh, boys and girls use it differently. The phone is now a place where you be bullied, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, especially oh, yeah. young girls. Mm-hmm. So, again, to be seen and to be affirmed, and there's also a flip side of that. It's like I can be seen and attacked, um, and yeah. that's you know that's that's again that's one of the the dark sides of the technology. Yeah. Number three, do my smartphone habits distract me from genuine communion with God? Well, I know that I sometimes look at notifications in the middle of my quiet time, so I'm going to probably say yes on that one. Well, yeah, even just thinking about things I could be doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I could have an extended quiet time where I could go outside and watch, or I could choose to watch something or do something. Yeah. Yeah, so Scroll for a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah. How many of us have sent a text during our quiet time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, number four, do my smartphone habits provide an easy escape from sobered thinking about my death, the return of Christ, and eternal realities. Mm. Yeah, sit with that, yep. folks. Yep. I think we're doing. We're all doing that. Yeah. Uh, do my smartphone habits preoccupy me with the pursuit of worldly success? Yeah. Well, I was to say a big part of that too is the comparison trap of seeing other people's success. Absolutely. Yeah. People tend to post. I mean, there's there's now like a. There's now a surge of people who want to post "quote unquote" authentic, their authentic selves, you know. But isn't it funny that like often now just being perceived as being authentic about your struggles has become its own <laughs> form of narcissism? <laughs> it's yeah. like, look at me. Okay, so it used to be, look at me, how great I am. Now it's, look at me, how broken I am, but how honest I am, you know, and how willing I am to share that journey with you. So it's like. The the target just keeps moving. Where there's there it there it always ultimately comes back to a desire to well as that pr- prior question said to be seen and affirmed. We want to be affirmed. So it's like we just keep like uh, just goes intensifying. Back, goes back to that heart question of of is your of what is truly going on in your heart is why you are. Yeah, you're so and, brave. And I think for that's a, that. that's an important point, Jason. Because you yeah. think about the time you're on your phone. How much of that is is it love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, yeah. or is it envy, yeah. strife, disgust, anger, boastfulness, com- boastful? Yeah, comparison, yeah. pride. I mean, it just yeah. yeah. Again, if you really start looking, 
it, it, the behavioral level is is so deceptive. But if you can get beneath that and start really asking yourself hard questions, like what's really going on in me? What is my what is my true motive in this post or in this comment or in this even in this text or whatever? I think you would, yeah. if you can ask that question honestly, and if you have enough self awareness to get to a real answer, I think it will shock you. Like, wait, hang on a second. Sh- I'm posting this picture of me and my that. kids yeah. on vacation, but what's really going on in my heart is I want people to see what a happy family we are. Right. You know, I want them to see that that we're out here doing it. We're living. Like, we're we're good parents. We've got great kids. You know, obviously we're having fun this summer because look, we got tans. It's all <laughs> it's all going over here, and. There's a so what what could be just an innocent the equivalent the the digital equivalent equivalent of a family photo on the mantle becomes a tool to garner you know affirmation and praise totally. from other people. Mm-hmm. It's it's really really sneaky. Yeah. And this is why Jesus taught on the motives of the heart predominantly mm-hmm. because because behavior is honestly at a, a certain level a very poor indicator of internal life. Now of course behavior matters because what what is happening in the heart can have a major influence on what happens at the behavioral level. But there are a lot of behaviors that we do that are very misleading. Sure. Look, I mean, that's Jesus' criticism of the Pharisees is Mm -hmm. all this measured and perfected behavior on the outside that, you know, but they were whitewashed tombs. You know, just what was in the heart was not not Christ-like, was not God-like. Right. Number six, do my smartphone habits mute the sporadic leading of God's spirit in my life? Hmm. And I think, you know, uh, think of all the moments where you're just whiling away time, distracting yourself. Those could be moments where if you were silent, maybe for a moment, you would hear God um, and give, you know, and we could spend some time in just a simple prayer mm. or thinking about someone you love and lifting them up in prayer and then hearing from God. It's um, even responding it's, to a little impression that God yeah. is placing I was going to say, heart. it's even the idea of the interruption of being interruptible as opposed mm. to being ignorant of whatever what's going on around you. Right. I mean yeah. sometimes little things like you know, you're standing in line at the grocery store, or you're sitting at the waiting room at the dentist or whatever and you're just sitting there, but you don't really know how God might use small interactions with the real people that are around you. Something as small as, you know, just sitting down your phone for a second and just looking up and smiling at the cashier might start a conversation or, you know, um, you know, just starting small talk with someone sitting beside you in the waiting room which has almost become it's now like a social moray to not do <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing anymore because it's almost seen as an invasion of privacy now because people want to be left alone to fall down the right. rabbit it's hole like of their own technology. Just go sit in the chair, take out your phone, and be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's now the unwritten... It's, I don't know if it's taboo to talk yet, but it's definitely... We're on our way there. It was, it was actually kind of nice. Uh, uh, just an example of this. Yesterday, we were at a doctor's appointment, and we had our son with us, and he's walking now and so he likes to just walk around and go up to everybody that is sitting <laughs> and wave at them that's kind of his thing now yeah and so oh, man, so while normally everybody in that waiting room would just be on you know reading their own magazine watching the tv or on their phone or whatever doing their own thing. like now there's a common thing if everybody is is watching this kid or talking yeah. it's just so different totally yeah. mm-hmm. breath of fresh air Number seven, do my smartphone habits preoccupy me with dating and romance? Hmm. This is certainly be applicable for those who are um, single. Yeah. Um, number eight, do my smartphone habits build up Christians and my local church? Hmm. That's that's a tricky one because, again, we 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 have like that two dimensional uh, picture of what build up looks like because we it, it's yeah. like are we building up 
from a place of honesty and and reality, or are we building up um, with facade and you know using you know sort of using a an edifice to um, as a platform to build people up, or are we doing it in a very real and relational way? And there there's so many ways you could take the the answer to this question too, and it's going to be look different for everybody. But yeah. Um, yeah. Number nine, do my smartphone habits center on what is necessary to me and beneficial to others? Hmm. I mean, I probably would struggle to say that Twitter is necessary to me. <laughs> yeah. I would struggle to say that Candy Crush is necessary. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty gratifying. <laughs> yeah. And the last one, number 10, do my smartphone habits disengage me from the needs of the neighbors God has placed right in front of me? Geez, well, there's the, yeah, there's the kill shot right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that goes back to what we were talking about a second ago about about being able to respond to an impression that God is putting on you to to. There might be somebody who, I, I just I don't I don't ever want to be confronted with the number of opportunities that I've had to show just a tiny bit of the love and heart of Christ to somebody because I was looking down at my phone. Yeah, you know that's a, that's a scary thing to think about. So those are some good diagnostics. We can, you know, I'd encourage everybody listening to take some time to reflect on those personally. We tried to, you know, do them in a kind of a slow and steady fashion so you can reflect. But these might be questions you want to go and listen to again, reflect on a little bit more to get to to get to the real answers that lie uh, maybe a tad beneath the surface. But maybe we should talk about how we can actually get to a better place. So should we talk a little bit about detox? Digital detox. Well, <clears throat> so I'm going to, uh, let me go over <clears throat> this from a different book. Um, this is from, from a book called The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. So I'll go through these to set us up for these, uh, these okay. possible detox. Sweet. So one of the things that Andy Crouch makes a point is that technology, again, is like we've been saying all along, this technology is neither good or bad. It's neutral. He makes a point that it's all about putting it in its proper place. So one of the points he makes is that technology is in its proper place when it helps us bond with real people we have been given to love. It's out of place when we end up bonding with people at a distance like celebrities whom we will never meet. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, we'd be such great friends if we ever just could get to know each other. Oh, no, no, no. He is my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that gets to a creepy place. Technology is in its proper place when it starts great conversations. It's out of its proper place when it prevents us from talking and listening to one another. Oh, geez, does that resonate at all? Yes, technology has made it pretty easy to scream at one another. Mm -hmm. Hashtag, you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Um, technology is in its proper place when it helps us take care of the fragile bodies we inhabit. It's out of its proper place when it promises to help us escape the limits and vulnerabilities of those bodies altogether. Mm. Yeah, it's like downloading your brain into a computer. So Don't do it. Never die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> technology is in its proper place when it helps us acquire skill and mastery of domains that are the glory of human culture, sports and music and arts and cooking and writing, etc. When we let technology replace the development of skill with passive consumption, something has gone wrong. Hmm. So you think about all the time on the phone. Are you gaining the skill and mastery of the things that bring glory to culture? Or are you just passively consuming uh, and, and doing nothing to 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 grow. Yeah, are you a are you are you adding value to the earth that we live in? 
Yeah. yeah. Technology is in its proper place when it helps us cultivate awe for the created world we are a part of and responsible for stewarding. It's out of its proper place when it keeps us from engaging in the wild and wonderful natural world with all our senses. Mm. Put the phone down and go outside. Yeah. Right. And technology is in its proper place when we use it with intention and care. Uh, that goes all the way back to the beginning. We said, don't just be caught up in the stream that's flowing. Use it with intention and care. Tech, technology tends not to stay in its proper place on its own. It finds its way all over our houses and all over our lives. Hmm. Um, so interesting points as we think about, okay, well, then how can we detox and, and move from being distracted uh, to being intentional, to being uh, purposeful about our technology? Yeah. And um, again, this, this comes back from uh, Tony Reinke's book, um, so he gives us 12 steps for what he calls a digital detox. And so we'll just kind of walk through these. The first one, he says, turn off all non-essential push notifications. One of the best things I did, uh, well, I've done that with almost every almost every app I have on my phone, but uh, even going on vacation and using airplane mode, mm. absolutely glorious. Yeah. Right. Just no email, no text coming in the best. I'm going to do that in Tahoe when we're away. I, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking, yeah, I want to, we're leaving for Tahoe on Monday and I want to talk with Joyce about, let's just let this be a totally unplugged trip. Like maybe we can use our phones to navigate to spots. We know we want to hike or whatever, but other than that, airplane mode and, you know, no screen time for the kids, nothing like that. Just live, just wake, live, eat, sleep, and just make memories. Right. Like, have a good time. I'm thinking about like, I'm in Italy. I'm looking at some of the most glorious art that's trying to honor God. And I don't need a notification from some guy back here like, hey, do you see that crazy cat video? Like, not <laughs> yeah. helpful. Yeah. So turn off yeah. the notifications. Absolutely. Good Number one. two, delete expired, non-essential, and time-wasting apps. Hmm. So the question Like what? Be, <laughs> you know, what's wasting my time? Yeah. Expired and non-essential, probably easier to, to work through. But yeah. Yeah. time-wasting apps. Mm-hmm. Number three, at night, keep your phone out of the bedroom. Hmm. A lot of people use phones as alarm clocks. Yeah, that's my problem. So it's the last thing they're touching when they go to sleep. It's the first thing they're touching when they're waking up. Yep. And they unlock it, and that whole world opens up to them. Right. Number four is use a real alarm clock, not your phone. Keep the phone out of your hands in the morning. That's what we were just talking about. Hmm. It's even better if that alarm clock has the little bells on top. It has the little mallets, like mm. an old school one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping it old school. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I like the retro feel. Got to wind it up every night. There you go. Well, there, is, there is something to that, though, that, that literally, you know, it, it's it, like in my case, over summer, I wake up before Joyce and the kids because they can all kind of sleep in a little bit because no one's in school. But I was thinking like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, you know, I, I get ready for work and all that stuff. And as I'm getting ready to leave, I grab my phone. Literally, I greet my phone before I greet anybody in my family. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm looking at, I have, I have notifications waiting for me. I'm interacting with a device before I even kiss my wife, say hello to my children, how'd you sleep? It just feels a little bit, uh, at just like a visceral level, it just feels kind of Imagine uh, out of balance. if you had, if you, if to, if, if in order to unlock your phone, you had to say, hi phone or, or, or hello phone. And then you think about, like, that's the first thing I'm like, it's that got would the, be funny. the same idea. Like, that would be funny, yeah. Yeah. Do you touch it puts your it phone? Into reality. Do you touch your phone before you hug your kids and your yeah. wife? Yeah. Good night, phone. <laughs> the answer <laughs> is yes. Yeah. I mean, I literally have to touch my phone to silence my alarm. 
so yeah, I'm I'm I have a touch point with my phone before I have a touch point with people who I that human beings who I live with. <laughs> yeah. Um one of whom sleeps in my room. So the fifth one is um, guard your morning disciplines and evening sleep patterns by using phone settings to mute notifications between one hour before bedtime to a time when you can reasonably expect to be finished with your personal disciplines in the morning. Or flip that if you're if you do your quiet time at night. But yeah. That that one combats like a. I, I think we've all developed a bit of a compulsion now, where we feel like because I can be reached at any time, it's impolite for me to not be reachable at any time. You know, like there's a. I know for me, there's a feeling of like, uh, like if I get an email, like a work email or something like that, like there's an impulse to want to respond right away because it feels like the responsible thing to do. If I get a text from my dad or a call, what if it's an emergency, whatever? Like it, it makes me think like you know, thirty years ago. People just couldn't get a hold of each other like that, you know. And if there was an emergency, you, you you heard about it eventually, you know. It's like <laughs> even before that, send a letter. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, on horseback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's created. There's a culture of like instant reply now that I think. So that that kind of forces us to rethink what are the what are the social what are the digital social norms that I'm going to decide are going to govern my life. Right, and I think the point they're making here is like it's you've got to make sure you're protecting. Your your time with God, yeah. your time in the right. Word, your time in prayer. You've got to be intentional about protecting that. And technology is something that's in, often impinging on that. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things, too, is especially with the sleep patterns, there's a lot of research now that says the, the light that um, devices cast off, that blue light, blue light. Yeah. Uh, makes it harder for you to go to sleep. So, mm-hmm. um, And you know that sometimes one of the most important spiritual disciplines we can do is just get a good night's sleep. True that. Your wife and kids and husbands will appreciate it yeah maybe your phone has a blue filter uh <laughs> blue filter see like they're even they're even releasing features <laughs> to, to allow you, longer, you to yeah. stay on it yeah. longer right yeah, up to bed yeah my yeah. ipad has that where it sets mm-hmm. it to like a yeah, it yellow goes to yellow mode yeah, yeah. Ooh, i feel sleepy <laughs> uh number six use self-restricting apps so um apps that will stop you from doing something mm-hmm. to help limit your smartphone functions and the amount of time you invest in various platforms mm. i i think it's interesting even like if you have an iphone um, it will send you a report about usage. Screen time. Yeah. 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 My wife has that set where it tells her, like, just her screen time on the So it's not so much stuff. preventing you, but it screen is. Screen shaming it is letting you. you yeah, it's, it is. It's, maybe that's what it is. It's screen shaming. <laughs> it's good to be. A, it's an awareness <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's a metric. It's a metric time. Actually, it's just one more. It's one more notification to look at. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Number seven, recognize that much of what you respond to quickly, like your work emails, Doug, can wait. Respond at a later, more convenient time. Yeah, right. All right, Rob, get off my back. I'll get back to you when I get back to you. (laughs) Number eight, even if you need to read emails on your smartphone, use strategic points during the day to respond to emails at a computer. Hmm. Computer? Hmm. What's that? At a terminal. (laughs) Do you speak to it? Computer, send this email. Number nine, invite your spouse, your friends, and your family members to offer feedback on your phone habits. More than 70% of Christians said nobody else knew how much time they spent online. Wow. I I wouldn't mind speaking into a few people when I'm like, we're in a meeting and they're like literally on their phone as I'm speaking. Yeah. I was like, I I get, I could be boring, but man, that's... (laughs) That's pretty hard. I was like, initiate loud throat clearing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally sitting right here. You're on your phone. (laughs) So glad you pushed the mic away for that throat clearing. Yeah, I'm a pro. That would have been. (laughs) This happens. I have this problem with my son all the time. It's like, hey, your father is here. You said the text. 
you know, if that person that's looking down at their phone while you're talking, just just pull out your phone and while you keep talking, just text them and say, please look at me. <laughs> Bing! <laughs> I liked, there was an adage from uh, my favorite TV show of all time, A Boy Meets World. And where it was in the, <laughs> that's your favorite tv show of all time it's it's yeah i grew up on it so it is has that yeah. place in my life that's just but, nostalgia but so the dad takes the son's face and they're holding each other's faces and he says he says son have you got my face you've got my attention kind of thing so it's just that way of mm. saying it, it's a way it's allowing the son to grab the dad's face and say i want your attention like i need your attention yeah. now yeah and i think the Jesus, the son, is trying to do the same to us. Yeah. Um, when eating with your family members, number 10, when eating with your family members or friends, leave your phone out of sight. Hmm. Nothing says, like, you sort of matter, maybe, like leaving your phone on the table. Yeah. <laughs> You're important to me at this moment. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it might even be helpful, you know, to maybe not leave it in your pocket where the notifications are still bugging you throughout. Or maybe it would be helpful because you can desensitize you yourself to that that you know, that Pavlovian, you've got your phone in your pocket, you feel that buzz, and instantly your hand reaches for it. You know, you're, you're, you're conditioned to feel... I, I don't know, for me, like when my phone buzzes, like a timer goes off in my head, and I'm like, <laughs> I've got about 15 seconds before it's going to bug me that I haven't looked at that notification. What 15, could it be? 15 seconds is could actually be anything. more generous, you it's know? It's the magic box. Do you, and it's like I can't rest until do you I've allow? Checked. Do you allow devices at the table when you guys are eating as a family? Uh... Well, Joyce and I are the only two people that have devices that we would bring to the table. Um, I think for the most part, we're pretty good about that. Sometimes we might get a little bit sloppy. Like once we're done eating and kind of the conversation is wrapping up, we might... Honestly, though, we have small kids, so they kind of require our focus. Otherwise, Jude's going to have spaghetti across the floor, and et cetera. But I'm sure in a few years, that's going to be a significant challenge we'll have to overcome. Hopefully, we can preempt it. Number 11, when spending time with family members or friends... Or when you're at church, leave your phone in a drawer or in your car or simply power it off. Power it off. Well, this could be... What manner of nonsense is this? <laughs> <laughs> it turns off? Well, and, and, then, and then there, in some cases, like, if you have a church app that has your notes on it, you're yeah. actually going to need your phone. But I think that's where you got to go back to the notifications. It's and, like, yeah. Um, and if you're a parent and your kid's in child care, they sure. want you... Yeah, yeah. So, again, totally. this is it's all... There's elements to all of this totally but, and there's mm-hmm. you know just thinking about the big principle of how can you stay use your phone use the settings to keep yourself most focused mm-hmm. uh, especially with your with family friends in that church you don't need to check the score of the game during service yeah. you're checking it is not going to influence the score it will be the same Are after sure? church. That's true. There are a lot of superstitions around <laughs> I'm sporting events. I'm just saying. <laughs> gotta wear la- my jersey. Gotta sit on this side of the couch. <laughs> the last one, number 12. At strategic moments in life, digitally detox your life and recalibrate, recalibrate your ultimate priorities. Step away from social media for frequent strategic stoppages each morning, for example. Digital Sabbaths, one day offline each week. And digital sabbaticals, Two two-week stoppages each year. Interesting mm. idea. Maybe that even really align your digital Sabbath with your regular Sabbath. I there there. Nice. I I mean, having just experienced this when nice. when I was um, traveling in Italy, that the not having uh, any ability to um, like you know, I, I made sure I couldn't post social media or any mm-hmm. of that stuff. Um, it, I think it really was helpful. Yeah, um, it keep it just keeps you more present. 
and uh, keeps you more present with what you're doing. And if you're going to be on vacation with friends and family, shouldn't that be the priority? Enjoy God's creation and enjoy, yeah. enjoy God's people. It was and it the... lays aside so many of the things that are anxiety causing. So why would you want your trip pooped on by <laughs> all the things that can can spark anxiety for you? The social interactions, emails from work, or some that, crisis. That was one of the first things that you said when you came back from the trip was how nice it was to not have to be thinking about that kind of stuff. Well, like you know, great. it's interesting. Yeah. Like the so you know, I'm I'm in some of these museums where you're looking at Michelangelo's and Botticelli's and. Your instinct is, and you're surrounded by people all that have the same instinct, take your phone out and take, take a, a picture. picture. Right. Don't just look at it. And I got to a point where I said, you know what? I'm just going to look. Yeah. And I can buy a picture in a book. It'll be better than the one on my phone anyways. Yeah. Because the only reason I would want to take the picture on the phone is so I could post it or share it and be like, look at me. Look ha, ha, ha. You know, you guys are still back at work. <laughs> you know, things like that. So... Um, <laughs> selfie with the Mona Lisa. Yeah, just, hey, 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 just chilling. That's in the Louvre at Paris. Come uh, on. Dude, I am. Oh, excuse me. We don't all get to Doug, go on these fancy so trips. uncultured. <laughs> step to date. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so that's the 12 step detox um, that Tony Rinke suggests. A lot of interesting thoughts in there. Cool. Uh, it'd be cool to get some feedback. Cool to get some feedback from listeners um, to see kind of which one of these really resonated with them and which ones they've tried and how that's gone. We'd yeah. love to hear some Yeah, what do you that. plan to apply? And if you do apply some, tell us how it went. Send us an email, maturity at saddleback.com, comment on YouTube, whatever you want to do. We'd love to hear how this stuff worked for you. Bottom line is, stay focused on your relationship with Jesus. Don't let your, don't let your uh, devices and technology get in the way of your relationship with Him and your relationship with the real human beings that He's placing in your path each mm-hmm. and every day. Uh, Rob, thanks for your time, man. Thanks for putting this together. This has been good. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, y'all. We love you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Mm-hmm.